and welcome to my podcast. Today I have <laughs> today my mom is with us to do an interview. Hello, mom. Hello, daughter. How's welcome it? to our show today. Oh my gosh. Thank you for coming. How are you today? Fantastic. Great. Okay. Let's just jump into it, shall we? No better way. Okay, great. Okay, so I have a list of questions that I came up with, and then I have a list of questions that um, people on Instagram wanted to know that are just like random questions. Okay. Okay, so the first one, tell me about how you met my dad and how long you were together before you got pregnant with me. So I was with a friend of mine. We were out just running the roads like teenage girls did. Love that for you. And she knew somebody and saw them outside. Coming closer to the mic just a little bit. Is this better? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> um, so she stopped, pulled in the driveway, and um, <clears throat> your dad was her friend's cousin. The cousin was John, the one who died in prison. Mm. So we met, started talking, didn't... We really didn't have too many conversations. He introduced me to a friend of his, and his friend and I dated for almost a year. And then when we broke up, your dad and I got together, and we, that was in 90, and I had you in 93. So y'all were 16? Yes, 16. Wow. And he turned 17 right after we started dating. Wow, wow, wow. Yep. Wow, wow, wubsy. Well, that's cool. And then you were you got pregnant at 18 or were you I was 18, yes. I was 19 when Well, no. No, I was 19 when I got pregnant with you. Oh, okay. Right oh, after, yeah. Yeah, right after I turned 19. Yeah. And had you when I was 19. That makes sense. Okay, cool. Yep. Um, okay. What did you see in my dad when you met him up until things went crazy <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have to answer any of these questions if you don't want to um we just had a lot in common and at the time he was a fun person to be around and he was he was a, a good person yeah and that was we just went on our first date went on our second date we were together all the time from there and that was in September <clears throat> and sorry, I keep moving away. I'm a runner. <laughs> I was born to run. I don't belong. Okay. So, um, yeah, it was September. We started dating, um, just due to some circumstances at home. I moved in with his mom and stepdad when it was right after I turned 17. And so as the story goes. Cool. Cool. Um, well, I guess this is kind of the same question. How was your relationship with him before having kids and how long did it take after you had kids to, for things to change between you guys? Um, it was, it was really good for the most part, um, while we were dating. And then, I mean, there were times that there were little red flags. I should have, <gasps> It's hard to see red flags when you've got rose-colored glasses on, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and then things, I mean, things were pretty good. I mean, we were very young 
And um, I think just growing up the way we did in certain circumstances that we grew up in. Yeah. Um, a lot of things I thought were just normal. And do you think that's due to like your upbringing at home? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And his too. Yeah. I think because I equate that to when I dated my ex and that relationship was really bad. So his upbringing was, it was very similar to mine. Yeah. And um, I think that's why we got along so well and um, understood each other so well until we didn't. Yeah. And um, do you think that was because you had kids or like, I guess like at the point, do you think it was because, didn't he get hurt at work? Yeah, but that wasn't until, um, that wasn't until Donnie was like four. Oh, I didn't know like at what point things were like, when things started going like super downhill, if it was because you guys had me or if it was because you guys had Donnie or. No, um, it's kind of, things, things didn't really progress. They were. Um, not things were either great or they were horrible. Yeah. And then they would be great for a longer period of time. And then they were horrible. Yeah. And then they would be even better for a longer stretch of time. And things didn't get, I guess things kind of turned, um, after Donnie was born. Yeah. Cause from what I remember, I feel like, that's when I remember him starting to drink more unless he was drinking before. But in my mind, from what I was seeing, like that's when I noticed that he was like drink or no, it was before Abby was born. Actually, that's probably what I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I think because he traveled so much and drank so much. Yeah. Um, he missed a lot of things and like, when he would come back home from out of town for any period of time, um, like he wanted our schedule to be clear so we could like do things as a family revolve. Oh, revolve around him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we did things as a family sometimes. Feeding the ducks at the lake. (laughs) (laughs) I will never forget this one time. This is when I learned about boasting (laughs) Um, or what is it? I forgot the word for it, but we were at, um, Lake Ackworth and we had KFC and we were, we were having a picnic as a family. And he was like, don't, I cannot remember the word that he used, but he, Oh, flaunting. He was like, you know, when you're eating, don't flaunt your food or whatever, because you never know who's around and may not have it as good as we do. And we were like feeding the ducks with bread. And now I learned that like, that's really bad for them. (laughs) (laughs) So that was uh, one of the memories that I remember. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we did some fun things and mm, it was like, there was always something anytime we did anything Yeah, that would just like an underlying, like, yeah, something things that would just set him off. You know? Yeah. Um, do you think that he's always been like bipolar and yes. that's why I'm, yes, I do. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, let's steer a little bit away from, the dad stuff. We'll come back to that Thank later. <laughs> Cause I just have one more, uh, qu- one more question about that. 
Unless you want to go ahead and I can ask that question, then we can be done with I mean, like, the dad stuff. Um, at what point in your marriage did you finally decide that you were mentally, emotionally ready to leave? And like pack up your things then and like start um, moving. Like I guess when you guys like stayed with us for a while, what was the turning point that you were like, I have to leave? That is, um, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Don't ask questions you're not ready to hear answers to. Yeah. Um, that would be the morning that I woke up with him standing over me with a knife to my throat. Oh, yeah. And I remember pulling my left leg back, my left foot back, and kicked him and told him one of us, if, if he did not leave, one of us would be leaving there in an ambulance. Yeah. And he left, and it was like I had a memory from my childhood that just it flashed um, in front of me that of the exact same situation that yeah I walked in on. I don't know if your aunt Shannon remembers that or not. I'm sure she does, but um, she listened. So and it was I I never wanted to see my kids see what I saw. Yeah, and um, so he left and um called our landlord told him what was going on because um i had already filed for divorce yeah and which that had been many many years coming and um rented a you after i talked to you mm -hmm. and you and drew were like pack your things and get over here yeah um i went and got a u-haul truck and that's what we did yeah well, I'm glad that you did that. Yes, me too. Thank you. Because if I would have been there, I feel like as I got older, if I would have seen the things that I already saw and got like the way that I acted, because I don't, I definitely instigated things and that was bad on my part, but Not it was hard. Not as much as you think though. I, yeah. And I think in your other podcast about him where um, I don't think it was instigating. I think it was retaliating. Yeah. Just because um, when, because it's like the same way that he is when something triggers him, he goes off the handle and I'm the same way, but it's more so like, cause he demands respect when he doesn't give respect. And so if I see something or like, if, you know, if he would like push me around or like mm -hmm. wh whatever the situation was, like my adrenaline immediately goes up and I'm ready to, he's the only person that I would like physically have an altercation with. Right. So, okay, well, we don't have to talk about that anymore because I have other questions, but I just wanted okay. <laughs> people to understand and know, even though, I mean, people know the situation as far as like my dad and stuff, but yeah. I don't think that some people know like the extent of it or like exactly how bad it was because a lot of people will say like, well, that's your dad. Like you should still love him and stuff. And now that I'm in therapy and everything, I'm, I have learned like, most of my like guilt and shame came from not being good enough like, or thinking that I was good enough when in reality, the way that I see it now is not everyone's like meant to be like a teacher or a doctor or a lawyer or whatever. And maybe like that was just the case. Like he wasn't meant to be a parent. And like, I don't really, I had a lot of resentment, but I think when I forgave him for myself, not for, not for his sake, like it, it doesn't like bother me as it still bothers me a lot sometimes, but right. it's not as bad as it used to be. And so that's just something that I have to work on. But yeah. And I mean, if, if there are other questions you have, 
um, during this, that's completely fine if anybody else, because there are a lot of people that know us and a lot of people that know um, things that were going on, not necessarily to the extent. Yeah. But if anybody ever has any questions, I'm happy to answer Re them. Reach my mom at, what's your Instagram handle? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Okay. Now we're going to move on to other things. Okay. So um, tell me about when you found out you were pregnant with me. You were, okay. How old were you? We already talked about that. And what memories stand out the most to you? And you can just talk about like the good memories if you want. Um, I was, I was very excited. Yeah. I was very happy. I mean, I was nervous and scared, but, um, yeah, cause you were so young. I was very young, but I you did a great job. Oh, thanks. Go you. Thanks. <laughs> I'm going to polish my blue ribbon when I get home. What, what is the blue? Oh, the number one. Okay. Jesus. Never, <laughs> never mind. I was like, you know, that, um, song that's like tie a blue. Oh, actually it's tie a yellow ribbon around that really? old oak tree. <laughs> Never mind. You ever heard that story about the tortoise and the hare? Mm -hmm. You're the tortoise on the <laughs> Anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> no, um, I, when I was little, I, I always wanted kids. I wanted a lot of kids. I wanted six kids. Mm. And um, so I was excited. I mean, I would have, if if I would have been 15 years old and found out, Oh yeah. I mean, I wasn't doing things at 15 to, to conceive, to conceive children, but, um, neither was I. So that's great. <laughs> yes. I remember vaguely. Anyway, <laughs> um, just um, real quick. I'm going to talk about that situation real quick. Okay. okay. So when this podcast is very open. So when I lost my virginity at 18, I came home and I was like, you were, I, this is what I remember. You were sitting at the table and you just like knew. And I was like, Oh shit. And, um, <laughs> and I remember like just wanting to cry and I was like, yeah, so I might be pregnant. And like, in reality, because of the situation of like how everything went down, there is absolutely no way that I could have gotten pregnant. Well, I guess that's not true. I get, cause I guess anything can happen, but it was such a like quick kind of experience that I was like, Oh God. And you were like, let's go get plan B or something. And I was like, okay, well, I'm so sorry. <laughs> because we had just had the talk the week before about birth control. And yeah. you said, I am nowhere near ready for sex. And here we are. I've never had it and I don't know what it is and I'll never do it. Yep. And Until there you were doing it. I <laughs> uh, don't know what it is now. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, was there a memory that stood out the most as far as like telling people or like was anyone super excited for you at the time? Um, most everybody was excited. Um, uh, you know, everybody had concerns, especially my father. Mm -hmm. And um, But yeah, the one memory that stands out of me telling everybody I was pregnant, I didn't realize it was April 1st when I told oh. everybody I was pregnant. <laughs> oh, damn on a ham. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, um, because I didn't call my, I didn't call my grandmother until a couple of days after. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Did she know prior? Like had people told her? No. Oh, this no. was Meemaw. Yeah. Meemaw Clack. Cause you yeah. know, she was the, the mum by, by the book. Um, I broke the mold, I guess. Cause I don't yeah. know of many that were married after that when they got pregnant. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was the next day your Nana called and she said, oh, we were just talking. She said, so um, 
something about the April Fool's joke. Uh-oh. And I said, what are you talking about? What April Fool's joke? She said, you called me yesterday and told me you were pregnant. Yikes on bikes. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, because I am pregnant. Oh, no. I didn't realize that it was April 1st. That's crazy. So when, how long after you, con so I'm, you conceived in February, how long did it take you to find out that you were pregnant? Or did you just like know before you took um, a test or whatever? I didn't know. And it was, I had you three weeks early. Ooh, um, I was ready to come out into this world. God, I'm coming out. <laughs> you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry. What was the question? <laughs> it's okay. Um, what was, oh yeah, my mom had COVID. So she's, um, she's fine now. She can't smell most things. Can't taste most things. Brain fog. Okay. What was the question? Um, I mean, it's in front of you. The memory. Oh, telling people and like people being excited for you and like the April fools. Oh yeah. Cause even Shannon called the next day mm. and, um, said something about it being April. The day before was April fools. And uh, cause, no, she called. She said, so are you really pregnant? I said, yeah, I'm really pregnant. Why is everyone asking me if I'm real pregnant? Because well, it was April 2nd. <laughs> Note to self, don't. Well, I'm not going to conceive in February because Scorpios, yikes. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm married to one. <laughs> and I am one. And I dated one. And oh, no. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Um, what do you feel was the hardest thing about being a young mom? hardest thing about being if there a was young anything mom i mean it was what i wanted yeah um but i mean there were still some hard things um just the typical newborn baby things first off i was very sick for two months after i had you yeah um i was having to go in i had a c-section emergency c-section after like because weren't one of us gonna die yep you or me and um, and here we are here we are <laughs> defeating them every day, <laughs> defeating the man. So, um, that, that was rough. Cause I had not prepared myself at all for that because, you know, us, um, us women in my gene pool have those birth and hips. And yeah. And well, I guess like when you're that young and it's your first child, like in my mind, you wouldn't think about those things. Right. So, and, um, I mean, and they, they gave me a lot of information, um, they gave me books at the doctor's office and things I should probably prepare myself for just in case. And I didn't because I was like, I'm going there. I'm just going to push and this baby's going to come out in which they told me you were a boy. <laughs> and I mean, <laughs> I I'm judging by that one license picture questionable. <laughs> and I was a tomboy. So hello, this is my oldest son. <laughs> Uh, I did. I truly um, did look like Michael Sarah in that photo. <laughs> so it's fine. But no, as far as friends and things like that go, um, I never, I mean, I, I wasn't like out running the roads on the weekends with friends and that kind of thing anyways. Mm -hmm. I lived with your dad and, um, but no, that was, that was a non-issue. I mean, yeah. there were, but it, it was just the, um, recovery after that. And then, um, for a while, I mean, I, I did it by myself cause he would come home from work and take off on his motorcycle and, oh, yeah. 
go drink with friends. And I didn't realize he was doing it that early. He was doing it that early, but I mean, not, not like he was yeah. not, not like it turned out to be. And it was, um, I mean, looking back now, um, I mean, he worked, he was a worker. If there was one thing he was, he was a good provider. Mm-hmm. He never had a problem working, never had a problem doing anything he needed to do. Yeah. That's one thing that I always, one, I think I got my work ethic Well, from both of you, like both of you have really hard work ethics. And I feel like too, I remember him, like, even if he, or there were nights when like, even if he would drink heavily, he would still get up early and go or yeah. like go to work and make it work. So yeah, he did until the last few years. Yeah. That, we were still married yeah. and then, um, yeah. And then that's when, that's when things were pretty bad, but yeah. Um, probably to being, you know, he, I was, he was 19 when I got pregnant with you. He had just turned 20 right before you were born. So, yeah. I mean, somebody that young, um, carrying that much responsibility, um, probably, probably a little nerve wracking to go to work all day. Knowing you're coming home to a newborn baby. Yeah. But on the flip side, being a stay-at-home mom is like a million jobs in one. And so basically you were doing the same thing. I, I was. So it's and there like. Were, he would get up in the middle of the night sometimes and, um, you know, help out and things like that. But he would have to leave very early in the morning to go to work. So, I mean, I didn't. I really didn't think anything of that. But, yeah. um, I mean, he wasn't terrible but he could have been better and I think had we both been a little more mature and ready yeah in the situation um yeah I'm still not there I'm but still not either Drew so either. <laughs> the one thing that I find comforting because I'm ter- I'm terrified of being pregnant one because of like any issues that I may I mean everything's like fine for the most part I don't have like I thought that I had PCOS because of all the issues that was going on and then testing for thyroid stuff and all that jazz. And then I I'll get cysts in my ovaries when I am not on birth control or if I like stop taking it, if there's like a lapse in it, but, um, I don't feel ready at all. But the thing that I find comforting is every single mom that I have like ever talked to is like, you're literally never ready. And you're not. Yeah. And like you can have one kid, you can have three kids and you still don't really know. You just kind of wing it as you go along. So, um, what was, what do you feel is the best thing or was the best thing about being a young mom? Like then and now, I guess. Um, I won't say it's a downfall, but it's, I mean, there's kind of the best thing. I mean, it's no matter how old you are, I think, um, cause I've heard a lot of women say this, no matter how old they are when they have their first baby, um, you grow up with your child. Yeah. And, Is that what um, you feel like you did with me? Yeah. Yeah. And, and even Donnie and even Abby. Well, cause you had all of us by 30. I did. I had Abby when I was 30. Yeah. And, um, Yeah, that I mean that was it it was hard, but it was also I would have to say the best thing because in I mean when you grow there's there's a lot to that. I mean you grow in so many different ways in so many different aspects. So Yeah. And I would it's probably been the hardest with Abby though because you know over that span of time so many things change. Mm-hmm. Times change. Yeah. Circumstances change. You learn with the first pancake. That you're like, oh, yeah, I maybe messed it up a yeah. little bit, but 
The last yeah. one is perfect. <laughs> yeah, nope. <laughs> Abby literally is like one of my favorite people in the world ever. I talk about her all the time at work and I'm like, my sister's so pretty and she's so funny. She's like the funniest person I know besides my she, mom. She is so and, funny. And like, I'm like, if I had her confidence when I was her age, like I would have been set. Like she just doesn't give a fuck about like anything. Like she doesn't. It's just like people at work always ask like, is that your sister? And like, are you guys like twins or like close in age? And I'm like, my sister's literally 10 years younger than me. That is funny because in my memories this morning on Facebook was the picture um, <clears throat> of you and your on your first day of kindergarten in the dress I made you. Oh, yeah. And then um, a side by side with her in the same dress. Aww. And I mean, y'all look like twins just 10 years apart. Yeah. Abby had this like little round, like chubby mm -hmm. face. And like, I'm going to get on her wedding day if she ever... I'm sure she'll get married one day. I'm going to uh, frame that picture of the syrup um, face yes. and give it to her. Yeah, she's so funny because she'll be like, she she loves to take, she used to hate to take her picture. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I keep peeking around, but. It's okay. I know I like it's hard. to see you when I talk to you. Sorry, you can, um, you can move the thing down a little bit and raise the mic up. Right. Yeah, so you can do that. Right, and then right. it's hard, like, because I always want to talk in and out. But, like, when you talk close to it, it um, it's easier. Okay, I think I'm good now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's funny, though, because she used to never like for her picture to be taken. And you can see that in all the faces in her pictures yes. when she's younger. And now she's, I mean, we can be leaving, and if the sky is pretty outside, she wants to stop and take her picture. Yeah, and she's so pretty with, with makeup, without makeup. Like, she gets all the angles. She yep. and is she so beautiful. Is, and she'll tell you she is. Yeah, she knows You're that like, she is. Yeah. Because she just got that natural natural she has really mature features for her age i mean i guess a lot of people her age do um sorry i'm like i have a sweet tart in my mouth i just oh, really love these okay. valentine's day <laughs> this is what i was like waiting for since last february was these like sweet tart hearts yeah remember for easter when they have like the ducks and stuff yep those are my favorites it's just like they taste better than regular sweet tarts They're i the think same. the coating uh, there's a coating on some of them uh, like a hard shell yeah. those are not them i don't think no um, but it's so good anyway um, so I think the best thing about having a young mom was that like you didn't have like tradition, like super traditional like rules or like not values because everyone has like their moral standing and values and stuff. But it wasn't like it's not like people now my age that have parents in their 60s and 70s that are super old fashioned and like super judgmental like. I can tell you anything and you're not like, unless I'm like, Hey, I murdered someone. You'd probably be like, where can we hide the body? But like, I never, there's really over time things that I did or whatever. Now that I'm a little bit older, I feel like I can tell you pretty much anything and you're not going to like, you're always supportive. So well, that was one thing I never, I mean, even before I was ever pregnant with you was I, I didn't want to have kids that were me. I wanted to have kids and I didn't want to raise kids. I wanted to raise adults. Yeah. Nobody wants a 10 year old adult. Yeah. And, um, I always wanted y'all to make your own decisions unless it was something that was going to put you in harm's way or be very detrimental to you. Yeah. And, um, make sure that you knew there were consequences for your actions, yeah. not consequences for my actions. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And, um, and to be very independent and think for yourself and stand up for yourself and what you believe in, regardless of what I believe in, what I agree with, disagree with. Especially what dad believes in. Right. Because yikes. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah. But yeah. I mean, that's. I feel like that's how we all turned out to be. Right. 
So you did a great job. Thanks. Look at you getting that blue ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, hold on. We have one minute. Let me stop the thing. Okay. Okay, we're back. Okay, so. Oh, wow. Bum, bum, bum. That's, that's a little tart. They're called sweet tarts. They are. My taste is very, very sweet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. It's okay. Um, Can you bring your mic up just a little bit more? Sorry, I keep telling. I keep. That's. How was that? <laughs> I can see one eye. And please don't make the Mona Lisa face. I'm. I'm. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going to scream. Um, <clears throat> okay. Um, yeah. So there's that. <laughs> so yeah. What would, Oh, I was talking about what did I think the best thing about you being a young mom was and all that jazz. And I still think one thing is that I'm really grateful that you are still so young. Like your mom, stop. <laughs> Sorry, I'm literally at least it's not the exorcist phase. I would literally piss right here right now. No, no, no you <laughs> no doubt. Anyway, <laughs> not a lot of people know the story, so we're going to keep it that way. <laughs> just know there's a story. Mm, OK, you know what? While we're here, let's just go ahead and tell the story because I've kept it. Drew knows and he won't let me forget about it. And neither will you. So would you like to you can tell your side of the story if you want. I will definitely tell my side <laughs> of the story. Um, okay, so this is embarrassing. This was a day that Haley was taken. Her was it the written? It was. It was the, it it was was the, the written. written. Yeah. Um, it was the, like such an easy test, and I was like, "Why am I even celebrating that I'm passing?" Well, I guess it could have been harder. I got. I feel like I got easy questions, or at least questions that I was really good at answering, because they're all different. All the tests are different. I feel like we got a good education in theory. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. So whenever I talk, sorry, I'm like sidetracking. No, um, whenever I talk about going to school and I'm like, I had good, like I learned a lot as far as like the theory classes, but everything else, I just, I was learning to pass state board, which essentially is what beauty school is. I feel like, but yeah. uh, there's a lot of schools that do a lot more in depth training. And like, yes. like when people, I have, I had a hard time doing foils when I first started at the salon because I only did foils on one on one real person and twice on a mannequin. And right. I never learned those advanced techniques that some of the, or one of the instructors would teach a lot of other people. Right. Um, so when people ask me like, Hey, do you know, like, did you learn this, this, this in school? And they're like, did you go to Cobb beauty college? And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, I sure did. <laughs> they made such a name for themselves. Uh, um, anywho. anywho, um, anyhow, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so what was I, Oh, wait a minute. The story. Oh, oh yeah, the story, the story. Your um, leaking bladder. Yep. Very so, leaky. On the way back, Haley says, I feel like I have to pee, but I, I don't know if I have to pee. I think it's just my nerves. Oh, my God. Because well, And so let me preface this by saying that my mom took me to get Mexican at my favorite Mexican restaurant in Marietta, and I had, like, the house margarita, and it was very large. It and was I don't do well with tequila. It was very large and I do very well with tequila. Anyway. Yep. So we leave and I'm driving and it's, there's no real convenient spot um, to pull over or to stop in some areas on the way back. You just really don't want to pull over. So um, she has to go. <clears throat> She's determined by this point. She <laughs> has to go. I'm like, just pull over. And you're like, we have 15 minutes until we get back. And I'm like, it's, I'm, I'm not going to last that long. I mean, well, we were sitting in bumper to bumper traffic. We oh, were, yeah. we were on our way back and we were on old Stylesboro road. Yeah. Well, we came up finally 
um, next to Little Caesars. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to whip it in here. Because <laughs> I was going to go into Subway. <laughs> she was, was going to go into Subway. However, Subway was just, you know, four just... steps farther. <laughs> and so. I hate this. I, uh, not as much as I hated it. <laughs> and so, um, it was very apparent that um, Haley had been holding her bladder for a very, very long period of time. Um, pull into Little Caesars. She opens the door, sticks one foot out, and goes to stand up and just <laughs> pisses it. And like all in the front seat of my brand new car. And like all I remember saying was like, nope, it's happening. It's happening right <laughs> it's, now. <yep. laughs> and you're like, go in Subway. It was like the, um, oh, what is that movie? Bridesmaids? It was the pee version of the poop scene. I hate it. I hate it here. <laughs> when she's just like sitting on the sink. Yeah. I could have done that like in and her then she, gas tank. And the, the other one just drops to the ground in the middle of the street. I should have done that because I was wearing a dress. It, yeah, you should have. Yeah. And, uh, but thank goodness my seats were waterproofed and I, I didn't know. And it was a brand new car. It was a brand That's new That's like when car. I threw up in your brand new PT Cruiser. You I sure just, did. And it was red. So I just... Maybe I just should never get in a car that you have that's like new and red. I'll never have another red car. That's probably good. Yeah. Memories. Memories all alone in the moonlight. Okay. Yeah. So I definitely pissed uh, myself and not even as a child, like as an adult. And I am sad to say that's happened twice since then in my own car while driving because my bladder is just like super small and like it's j it just happens. I just also... Happens have peed in cups in my car if someone else is driving like I'll go into the back seat I probably shouldn't even be talking about this but I think other people can probably relate you know yep okay I'm um, sure they can. <laughs> but um oh okay so yeah that was the side story to me saying that I got to go to school with you and watch you live your pretty much start your life over after um after starting to leave my dad and I thought that was really neat because I I learned so much from you in school and then you're still like, you're still so young, like you're late forties and like fifties um, to me is like age super is young. just a number to me, but I'm just going to put it out there that 46 is mid forties. Oh, is it? Oh, I think mid forties is strictly 45. No. Okay. So 40, let's just say 44 to 46 is mid mid forties then. Right. I'm, I'm pushing late forties. Okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to like, but also fifties is still young too, to me. Absolutely. So like, I just, in my brain, like you're going to be young until you're like 90. So, yeah. I mean, I turned 47 in a week and that's crazy. But in my mind, I'm still 17. That's so. like Paul, Paul Roberts, like age is just a number. Right. For sure. Okay. So let's go to, um, oh, I, nope. I wasn't finished answering that question actually. Okay. Um, one, I still get to have you around for a very, very long time. Knock on wood. Um, <laughs> so it's, to me, it's great that like, you're still going to be super, super young when I have kids. Let me just say me and Drew had a talk the other day and he was like, yeah, in about a year and three months, um, I think that we should go off of birth control and stop being uh, careful. And I was like a year and three months. That's very specific. And he had, you know, no answer to that. So like I have, I, just, a, I was like, what is a year and three months? Like <laughs> Literally nothing. So I have a feeling that when I do go off birth control, I'm going to conceive really quickly. That's just like in my brain, that's how it's going to happen. Yeah. And maybe it won't, maybe, but, um, and we also want to foster teenagers in the future. So I think that we're going to get another dog probably by the end of the year. And then by this time next year, 
plus three months probably start planning to sounds like it i guess so sounds like because it. i have baby fever so bad reagan's baby is just the cutest little thing that i've ever seen lorelei have you seen pictures like recent pictures of I her oh she's so cute i saw her on facetime and i was literally like crying um and they got engaged billy oh, really? and, yeah billy and reagan got engaged yay nice. happy engagement congratulations um, billy and reagan. <laughs> so that's super exciting but yeah i have baby fever after seeing all of my friends babies and once i kind of came to the realization that it's never going to be the right time or the wrong time right. um i'm just going to keep you know working my jobs and doing whatever i need to do i Sorry. am done <laughs> <laughs> she made the face again um so yeah, like you'll be around for my grandkids or my my grandkids, maybe my grandkids, um, for my kids and be a super young like grandmother and like have fun adventures and yeah, it's just been it's been really nice being able I feel like I can relate or like find a lot of similarities more with you since you're younger. Yeah. Because there's only a nineteen year difference between us. Right. So okay, so these are questions from um my friends on Instagram. How did you know Drew was the perfect man for me? Or like at what at what moment were you like, yeah, that's the one? The day I met him. Oh. When he when you went inside to get Donnie and oh God. He got out of the car. I knew oh, then. Yikes. And like, we didn't even date until like two years after yeah, that. So yeah, but I was like, okay, this is a guy that is not afraid to meet this psycho eye to eye. No. And yeah. after the body bag situation on Mother's yeah. Day, I was like, well, he's in it for the long haul. Like yeah. he's got to stay now. Um, but yeah, I had specifically told him not to get out of the car. I was like, stay in the car. I was like, my mom will be fine, but my dad will not be fine. And I don't need that like drama and whatever. And then daddy was like, don't ever bring that man around here again. He's got gang tattoos. And I was like, it's literally Hawaii on his shoulder. Like, where is that? Where music is life. Music is life. And then like a little anchor tattoo of like yeah. Mayday Parade lyrics on his ankle. Yeah. But no, I remember you got out of the car and walked in front of your car and came up between my van and his truck mm -hmm. and you just said behind me as you kept walking i told him not to get out of the car yeah and he was not out of the car yet yeah he just couldn't so, wait he and was as like, soon as he got out of the car because i knew you had to have told him about oh snake yeah. god psycho <laughs> and, snake god psycho um <clears throat> then i was like yep he's the one love that for you or for me i guess he's or for one. both of us yeah he's great He's great, great, great. And apparently he didn't tell me this until like years later, but he had told his mom like the first month that we started dating that he was going to marry me. And I was like, that's so sweet. sweet. I was like, cool. Well, you, you better keep that in mind once, uh, once I go a little crazy, which I, I don't think I'm crazy. <laughs> but, you don't think? That just um, proves. Anyway. Okay. So tell a story from your childhood that I've never heard before. Oh my gosh. A my favorite story. story is the one when you smoked weed when you were eight. Yeah, and that was it. I know. Oh, that's really the only... I feel like I've heard a bunch of stories. No. Really? Uh, no. Okay, go on. <laughs> <laughs> Proceed. Um, a story... That's hard because I feel like I've told you all of my stories. Um. Well, we can come back to it we'll if you think we'll come back to it. Yeah, we'll come back to it. Okay, so do you see any similarities from yourself and me at this point in my life? Um, yes and no. Like because when I was your age, I was a mom twice. Yeah, and married, and um, 
it's just where I was in my life. But as far as um, being independent to a point, I mean, I was financially dependent on your dad, but like independent as far as my own thoughts and ways. And it was, I mean, there are some things that I am, it's going to be this way or it's not going to be. Mm -hmm. um, I think now I used to be that way and probably up until like the past year, especially after meeting Drew, because he's very much like, if you're going to, I don't really know how to explain it, but he kind of like turned things in a different perspective for me where it's like, you can't always fight someone just because they don't see the same way as you. Right. Even if they're, even if they are in the yep. wrong, if it's like a, if it's racism, homophobia, there's just some people you're not going to change their mind. Mm -hmm. And I would fight so hard to be like, no, like you are wrong. Like you need to be right about this. And they're like, no, um, especially with like my dad. And then there's like people on Facebook, other family members and stuff, but I've learned that like you have to pick your battles and stuff. And he's really been like played a huge part in being like, you can be independent, but you can also learn to handle your emotions a lot better than what you do. So yeah. as far as things being, some things are definitely black and white and then other things are like somewhere in the middle. Actually. Yeah. Probably one of the biggest similarities was, um, or is, and I, I still do have, I still do have a lot of, um, I don't, I don't know what you call it. We'll just call it some emotional baggage with, mm -hmm. with my mother. Yeah. Um, like you do with your dad. Yeah. And I mean, I was around the same age when I had to just, it was my meemaw clack because I would go for months and months without talking to my mother. Yeah. I'm back. Great. Thank you for joining. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, and like, I would, I would carry that around with me and every decision that I made every single day. And I mean, it, there were things that, um, I'd go to the grocery store and I'm not buying that bag of oranges today because I have memories with that. And mm -hmm. just a, a lot of things I would or wouldn't do a lot of thoughts that I had, um, a lot of resentment that I had with her because, you know, in, in my mind, I wanted a mother and she, I mean, that's, that's a whole different conversation, but anyway, um, yeah, but my meemaw clock had told me one night, she said, uh, your mom said it's been over four months since she's talked to you. I'm like, I just can't, I can't talk to her. Mm -hmm. And she said, Heather D. Cause my middle name's Dan. She called me Heather D. Yeah. Um, Heather D. You're going to have to learn that forgiveness is for you and not the person who wronged you. Mm hmm. Yeah. In order to have some kind of peace. And if you want to raise those babies of yours with peace of mind, without having that, um, whatever it is of like remembering your mother in ways that you were raised, you don't want to carry that resentment and anger over to your children. Yeah. Because you don't deserve that and they don't deserve that. So you need to just forgive Mm -hmm. and move on from it. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's easier said than done. Yeah. But, um, essentially that's really what you have to do. That's yeah. And I think now like it's hard cause everyone that knows my dad, like Nikki and Hannah and Caitlin and like all of my Reagan, like all my close friends that have seen him in action or have heard things like over the phone or seen text messages, there's absolutely no way I should be able to have a relationship with him like ever again. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, now that I'm a little bit older, 
And I think the biggest thing for me was struggling so hard with alcohol and not really telling anyone how bad it was and being like, I'm turning into my dad. And, and it drew was like, if you don't, you know, get some help, go to some meetings, do something like it's going to be really bad. And never the situation or the talk never came up of like, our marriage isn't going to work. It's right. always, always, I'm always going to be here for you to get through this no matter what, um, which I really appreciate because I don't have, when I was younger, I definitely had like the willpower and the strength to like make really easy decisions. And then realizing when I started drinking heavily, like, oh yeah, this really is a problem. Like this can develop into a disease so quickly. And then having the mindset of like, being depressed, being suicidal, having the same. Cause when I had a, con or a conversation with uh, daddy a while ago, this was years ago um, about things that he went through with his mental health, not knowing some of the things that had happened with him. Um, I was like, damn, like we have a lot of similarities and it's really sad that we can't have the relationship where we can be open and talk about those things more as a, like a father and daughter type of situation. Yeah. And now part of me is like, if I could, I might get to the point where I reach out to granny. I don't think he has my number or anything and be like, I want to sit down, have a conversation, lay out everything that I feel. And it, if I know he won't agree with probably anything or any of the things that I have to say, but part of me wants to just have a new relationship. And also in my brain, that's so unacceptable. Like mm -hmm. it's unacceptable for the way that he's acted, the beliefs that he has, that is something I don't want my kids to be around. But in the event that there are people out there that have changed and like, I've seen it and have seen family or friends, family, people at the salon, people that I've met other places that like, have been like, my dad was in the clan or my dad was this, or my dad was that. And completely made a turnaround. I just don't see that for him. But in the event that that ever did happen, because I've always wanted that moment of like, you're going to be a grandfather or we bought a house or I didn't get, you know, him to walk me down the aisle at, the, at my wedding. But that's because I also don't see him as a father. I don't love him as a father. But in the event that we could have some sort of new connection and relationship, I do think that he would be in my brain and maybe it's me seeing potential in him to be a good grandfather. Like that's what I want. So maybe that's why I think that it could be a possibility. Um, but I think that I'm always going to want some sort of like relationship now that I feel like I have more of a connection or similarities and the things that he struggled with. And maybe, you know, I could just be too hope. I could be way more hopeful than I used to be in the past. But um, if it never happens because I've forgiven him for myself and have more peace than I did, I'm not completely like at peace with myself with the whole situation, but I would be okay knowing whether we're going to have a relationship or yeah. not, you know? Yeah. And he, so. I mean, if, if he could get past, um, because to him, and I'm, I'm not bad mouthing him, but to him, he doesn't do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. He's very narcissistic and very. manipulative. And, and I mean, this is so much to the point when I filed for divorce, I had to find him and go meet him in person at a bar, a, at a bar in a public place outside. Um, for him to, I mean, to give him these divorce papers and it's something that I kept telling him I was going to do. He kept telling me to do it because he wasn't going to. So when I did and he was reading over the papers, he just looked at me and he said, you like, you really want to get divorced. Well, what the fuck did you do? Yeah. And th and that's what he said. He said, you really did this? You I said, yes, I really did this. Do you think that he thought that maybe you guys could like have a better marriage in the future? 
In his head, yes. But he wasn't going to change in order to do that. Yes. He was very, um, the day that he walked from our house in Kennesaw to Kennestone Hospital, Mm -hmm. um, he was very manipulative. Um, It wasn't until, it was like 4.30 in the afternoon before I found out where he was. And that was because someone who worked there, um, you know, the answer is the phone when you call. Mm -hmm. I had already called several times because my biggest thing was I have a child in school right now who is in school right now. And I went to the school to make sure she was still there yeah, and that she was okay. I didn't, I didn't pull her out because I didn't know what events throughout the day were going to unfold. And if I needed her to be in school. Yeah. So, um, when I found out that's where he was, um, and they connected me through to him, um, backstory, he had checked himself into the psych ward. Yes. And he just said, please come here. So I went there. I called his boss on the way there because he, he didn't contact anybody. Yeah. And, um, he literally took a shower that morning, um, and said he was going to go outside to smoke because his mom was there and he didn't smoke in front of her. Granny told me that not to cut you off. I'm sorry, but she told me that he, she has never seen him smoke in front of her. She has ever. And and I believe that. Yeah. But, um, so after about 10 minutes, he did not come back inside and it was the coldest day of the year. It was January 13th. It was two days before. Wasn't it raining? It was raining. It was freezing cold outside. Yeah. I mean, it was it was barely not ice when it rained. Yeah. And um, he was not outside. We went to go see if he was outside because your granny came up to take him down to Ridgeview. Because yeah. a little backstory, he had been to Ridgeview twice before mm-hmm. um, within like a month and a half time. And um, every, both times he went, it was on the weekend and they couldn't verify his insurance on the weekend. So they wow. made him leave. Yeah. Which is one, I just think that's so fucked up when it someone is. comes to you and says, I need help. And I think for him to walk from the house all the way to Kennesaw, that's a, a very, very long walk in the rain and the cold, even in the in nice weather to begin yeah. with. I think that says a lot about, I need help. Like you're at your wits end. Yeah. And for him to do that, like, it's just kind of heartbreaking because knowing that like you needed help so bad that you had to go through that and you didn't want to tell anyone, you just like walked there. Like it's crazy. And it was part of it was, I mean, he, he has a lot of mental issues. Um, part of it was he didn't want to tell anybody. And then the, the main reason was because he thought the entire world was out to get him. Yeah. So she was coming up to take him to Ridgeview and he called her that morning and asked her to come up and take him. And, um, he didn't want me to take him. He didn't want me to go with him. Um, not because we were fighting or anything at the time. It was just a hard thing. I mean, we knew this was, it was over. Yeah. And, um, I was completely okay with it being over, but as the father of my kids, I I wanted him to be okay. Yeah. So, um, he left. He, he left. We couldn't find him anywhere. She went riding around. I went riding around. I went back to the house, stayed at the house in case he came back. Um, because at that point you never knew what he was going to do. He would tell you one thing, um, do the opposite. Sometimes he, a lot of times he did follow through with things he said he was going to do, which, you know, that was, it was pretty scary. So, um, Abby was at school. So I knew she was, she was fine for a while. Um, 
because I had notified the Cobb County Police Department that yeah. he, he was out there on foot. And they had been to our house so many times. And they were just a, a short little thing here, not to get off track. But um, after our divorce, and we were living with you and Drew. Yeah. Um, I had gone to the Circle K up the street from our old house. And one of the officers that used to come out to our house all the time asked me, how I was and I told him I was doing really good and he said well it's been a while since we've had to pay you a visit you know mm-hmm. yeah um I said no you know thank you because we had left like me and Donnie and Abby had left before moved in with your papa and then we ended up going back yeah and um so for that period of time there were no calls out to the house but um the officer looked at me and because I told him you know I was divorced I was living with you we were in Ackworth almost Woodstock and he said, that's really good to hear because we were really in fear that he was going to kill you one day. Yeah. You know, so. And to hear that from one, um, to hear that from an officer is like, it sucks because there's a lot of great officers out there, but also the system in general, they just don't, they don't do that much for domestic violence. They and like, there not. were so many times yeah, right. going out there, you know, knives and the yard and screwdrivers screwdrivers in the yard him having a gun and like accidentally going off in the car like just all of these things and the violence that with kids playing four driveways down in the driveway and like having to come out so many times you would just think that they would do something and there was never it was always pinned on you always and it's so unfair that you know other people get that get those calls come out to their house and then there's an obituary that a woman has been killed. Well, a really good example of that is the last time they were called out to our house. I didn't call them. He called them on me because I had cleaned house that day. Yeah. And moved everything that was on his bathroom counter underneath his sink. Cause we had a double vanity in our bathroom mm-hmm. and, um, which included his toothbrush. Oh, I so, forgot about this. Yeah. So, he called the cops on me because I was trying to kill him. Yeah. You know, because I had cleaned the bathroom that day and there was a bathroom cleaner, which the bathroom was clean. There was, no, there was no bathroom cleaner. Yeah. But in his mind, he was sure that I was trying to kill him by putting chemicals on his toothbrush. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm standing outside in the driveway. They asked me to come outside. And um, there was a veteran cop and a rookie cop. And um, one the, second. Sorry. Okay, I'm going to stop recording. I'll edit this part out. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So um, the rookie cop is the cop that went inside to talk to your dad. Yeah. And the veteran cop was the one that had me, Abby, and Donnie in the driveway. Yeah. So, and he's talking to us. And um, and now I was working at the time. Mm-hmm. And this cop tells me, he said, well, you you need to get out of this situation. And to get out of this situation, you need to be working so that you can provide for your children, put a roof over your head. Um, the And he told me the veteran hospital, veterinarian hospital. Mm-hmm. Sorry, veterans. <laughs> 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 On 41 in Ackworth. We're hiring. And he said, um, you are not above cleaning out dog kennels all day to put oh a roof God. over your kids. Head. So fucked up. And I said, I am not above anything. I have, I've never, I, don't, I mean, I don't know why you would say that to me. And he said, 
And if I ever hear that you try to keep these children from their father, I will personally be pissed. What? Just what you've never done ever, even now. That's right. a, even being divorced. And, you know, even though he doesn't pay child support, that's still something that you don't do. Yes. So um, that was and then the the same cop told me um, when we leave what you need to do. Since your husband is sleeping in the living room where, I mean, he slept over 10 years. Yeah. Um, since your husband is sleeping in the living room, you need to go to your room and close the door and turn on your television to Looney Tunes or something that is going to make you laugh. Fucking Looney Tunes. If anything, I would just be like, fuck this. This is shit. Right. So the next morning I called my dad, your Papa Roberts, yeah. and... Um, was explaining to him what happened the night before um, because he had told me, you know, if you and the kids need a place to come stay. Before I could even get that question out of my mouth, he threatened to call defects on me Yeah, because I was still there. And um, I told him, I said, I'm trying to tell you what happened with the officers that came out here last night and we need to leave. Like we, I'm asking you if you would let me get it out of my mouth before threatening to call defects on me. Yeah. Um, he called the police department. I called the police department that afternoon because they said that his sergeant wouldn't be in until whatever time it was. Yeah. Um, so I called and he, he was reprimanded for that. And I was assured that that would never happen again. And I assured him that the only reason officers would be called back out to the house were if it were. A, a tragic incident that happened, whether yeah. it be me or him. Cause at that point you just can't like trust them anymore. No, no and they've been out there so many times. It's there like, was, there was actually a fear yeah. that, you know, because it, it was always, I would have some officers that would come out there that would tell me, um, based on this and this didn't happen in your favor last time, any little thing that happens, like don't instigate anything, don't set him off, but any little thing, Call us. Yeah. The more times you can have us out here. And most of the time, he was the one that was calling them out there, whether it was because he thought I was trying to kill him or um, the neighbors across the street. Um, I mean, because, you know, there was at one point he went outside and cut the cables on the side of the house. Yeah. So that was when, I, I mean, things like that I would call. Yeah. So um, anyway, <clears throat> got way off track there. So went to the hospital and he's in a cinder block room with a curtain with a bunch of other people that are in there. Which is crazy because one, the mental health system that we have here is not, I mean, it's progressed a little bit, but right. we have so much to do. And just sit in a room like that mm -hmm. when you're already in your mind and any, any thoughts that are going through your mind at that point, like, I feel like that would just set me off even more. Yeah. So. It was, um, I mean, especially after he told them and he told them in front of me why he was there and he had already told them, he wanted me to know that he told them why he was there. Yeah. And he thought he was going to do harm to himself. He stepped out in front of a truck at 41 and old 41. Oh. And they told him they couldn't keep him because he wasn't suicidal. That was wow. They discharged. Him. I didn't know that he did that. But yeah, he, we had, um, a psychiatrist. We had two counselors. We had, you know, your regular doctors that come in there they were talking, they were, they were all talking to us together and separately. And, um, he, they, they asked him, is there anything specific you need to know from her? Like, 
because you have all of these ideas in your head that she is this horrible person out to get you. Um, I mean, he, he always thought that I had somebody else, never had anybody else. Yeah. Um, never tried to kill him. Never. I mean, <laughs> just, yeah, <laughs> just let me put that out there. Yeah. Um, and he just turned his head and looked at me and he said, is there any way we can work this out? I think we can work this out if you will just give me another chance to work this out. And I said, no. And he asked me to leave. Yeah. So I walked out, you know, from behind the curtain and then he asked me to come back in. Um, they had prescribed him all kinds of medications that, yeah. you know, he would take for a week and then he would start feeling halfway normal and then stop taking them because, yeah. you know, he Which didn't is need them anymore. so dangerous because that the first, I, for me, the first month or two, you're getting adjusted and it makes you, it makes it things even worse. And then sometimes you feel good. Sometimes you don't. And like for him to do that, if he would have just stuck with it, I think things would be a lot different now. Yeah. And I, part of me thinks that he he wanted that, but part of me thinks that it was just a manipulation so that he could see. But I mean, even yeah. the psychiatrist that was there with him told me in front of him, she said, all the advice I'm giving is more for you. She said, because I'm going to tell you in all the years I have done this, he is the most manipulative person I have ever dealt with in my life. Yeah. And she said, I, I just don't know. I don't know how you do it. She's just telling me, you know, it, it would be completely understandable if you needed to go talk to somebody, if you needed to, you know, whatever. But it was, there were a lot of things that I journaled and I would journal things and then end up having to throw them away because, you know, he would go through my things and find them. Yeah. And, but yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it was, yeah. Damn. But he, he, he won't admit, and I don't know about now because I don't talk to him. I don't have anything to do with him. Yeah. Um, he's never been able to admit when he's wrong. I've never heard an apology. Never. Ever. Never. Um, when I served him with divorce papers and he went through them, I still have the copy that he did this to. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we didn't have anything really, so to speak, together. And it was just me letting go of everything. Yeah. Like, all I wanted was out. I needed to be out. And that was it. So, um, he, you know, he had his motorcycle, he had whatever he had and I had my car. Yeah. He went through these papers and X'd things out and initialed them and dated them. <clears throat> he did not want to go to the attorney's office with me. Um, it was almost down to that 30 day time period that he finally went to sign divorce papers. He went through with the, um, do you need to stop? Mm -mm, okay. No, I'm just getting antsy because of my medication. Oh, okay. So he went through um, all of the paperwork with the paralegal that was there for the attorney. Yeah. And the attorney come in to the conference room we were in because the paralegal went and got her. Yeah. And um, she was one of the attorneys there. Um, she's looking at everything and she looks at me and she's like, what? What are you doing with Yikes. Um, she leaned across the table and looked at him and, um, but, well, because he, he was asking her questions. So yeah. this is correct here, right? This is, 
this is what I signed and dated. Are you correct on this? I mean, he would just say, I mean, like that's your, that's her fucking job. So right. yeah, she leaned across the table, put her hands on the table and looked him square in the eye. And I, this was like my moment of glory. Here and was it, was she a black woman too? She was so a this black made woman. It, and my dad's super racist. If you listen to the last podcast. So like yes. this made it even like more just, it was just, I, I could feel like in this cold, dark office, like the sun shining over my head. Like, oh, let me see if I have a, Okay, sorry. Like, and I'm sure it was a great moment for her because he was so rude and just in his typical I'm above you because I'm a man way. I'm a man and I'm white. So it it was kind of it was kind of, you know, a, a good thing for her, but it was just like my moment of glory. Yeah. Cuz she looked at him and she said, "Um, I'm going to strongly advise you if you have any further questions, you hire your own attorney because we are here to represent her, not yeah. you." And it was just the greatest thing ever. And um, I could feel the heat coming off of him. You know, you know, you know, I mean, yeah. he was like two feet away from me, but I could feel the heat coming off of him. Yeah. And um, so he finally signed everything. He was just like, you know what? Screw okay. this. Yeah. And he signed everything. We had to go together because it just so happened that morning, the battery in my car was dead. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Was it? Um, I don't know. Funny thing, because there was a light left on in my car mm. that I would always make sure was off. And he knew the next morning we were going. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't think he expected me to ask him to drive there. Yeah. Um, but I did tell him before we left, I said, um, just so you know, I have called the attorney's office to let them know that we are on our way. If we are not there within 15 minutes. Law enforcement needs to be called. Oof. Um, so he was like, pop, pop, pop. I mean, I, I was, and I was serious. Yeah. So um, he left and, and he told me that he needed a minute. They made him a copy and they made me a copy. And he said, you can just make the copies. I need to step outside. Yeah. And at that point I thought he was going to leave. I thought he was going to leave me there and I was just going to be like, okay, I'll, I'll just chill out at the attorney's office all day. That'd be great. Yeah. So, um, but he didn't. He just, he needed to go outside and just kind of get himself together. I was in there for about another 15 minutes. And when I stood up, the paralegal looked at me and she said, the restroom is straight across the hall. Yeah. Because she, I mean, she knew. And it was, she said it was after I went in there, she told me when I come out, she said it's one or both parties of every situation has to go on that bathroom as soon as they leave this conference room because they are physically sick. Yeah. And she was not wrong. Yeah. But it was, I mean, we went back home. He went to work. Um, the neighbors next door, they were still home. And um, the lady neighbor, sweet as can be, come over and asked me, is everything okay? How'd everything go this morning? I'm surprised you left with him. Why didn't you drive? I was like, because mysteriously the battery in my car is dead. Yeah. And um, it wasn't just a few minutes later. I mean, she went back home. She was walking the dog in the yard. Sorry there. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm <laughs> not abusive behavior. Um, but um, it was, I mean, just a few minutes later, um, her husband and stepson come over with a brand new battery for my car. And um, she. That's so nice. I didn't know that. Yeah. And, um, I, I was cleaning out the little storage room at the apartment. Um, and 
the receipt for that battery was still in there because they, they gave it to me. They're like, if you have any issues whatsoever, um, they'll come out, um, you know, whatever, whatever yeah. you need. If you need anything else, they were so helpful through so much. So anyhow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's so sweet. Um, yeah, that's a lot to take in for yeah. anyone. But um, I don't even remember how we got on that. Because it was about if you ever had a relationship with your dad or oh, not and yeah, the manipulation yeah. and yeah, yeah. things like I mean, that's just that's and just like, how he I don't know if he's like that now. Yeah. And like I know now, like he has a girlfriend. Granny said that he's not drinking as much. Um, still drinking. But I think that he's probably back on his same drinking. So I'm surprised that because a lot of my friends go to McCracken's a lot. I'm surprised that no one I mean, I'm pretty sure they've seen him there and not realized it was him if it's friends that like I a lot of people haven't seen pictures of my dad so they don't know what he looks like they think that papa's my dad I yeah and um I don't I don't know that you would recognize him if you saw him yeah I mean he's but he's he's at the beer barrel a lot he's at um McDougal's more than anywhere I think but yes he yeah. he's every because we know some of the same people that um I don't we're not necessarily in contact but they feel the need to let me know Oh, he's, he's here on a daily basis. He's, I mean, yeah. I, I don't care. You're like, I don't care. Just let me live my life. I mean, I'm, I'm living a whole new life now. Yeah. You no, know, I am. No more Hannah Montana. No more Hannah Montana. <laughs> I am. <laughs> but I am Heather. I am a remarried. <laughs> I am, you know, I, that's not a concern of mine. Yeah. Um, um yeah. Because like of yesterday, I'm not sorry. Go no, ahead. you're fine. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I had a packet for Abby for, to fill out for Abby for varsity winter guard. Well, the first page is, you know, your parents' information, your mom's and your father's. <clears throat> Abby was in the, I was in the bedroom filling it out on a clipboard. Ryan's watching TV and I told Abby, you know, I, I needed her phone number because I, you know, it's just in my phone. Yeah. And um, so um, I said, it's just, you know, filling out parents' information. I said, I'll just leave the other side blank. And Ryan looked at me and he said, why wouldn't you put her father on there? And I said, that's more like for emergency contact things. And he said, what if something happened and they needed to get in touch with him? I said, are, are you serious? Like, like, would they get in touch with him? Would he pick up? He would, first off, he doesn't, you know, he, he's, he's out of the picture. Yeah. Voluntarily, he's out of the picture. Um, doesn't want any part of it. I said, why? Why would he want to know any of this? They somebody would let him know. Yeah, but he's not going to answer his phone. He's not going to answer a text message. Um, I mean, when the child was sick with COVID, I don't think he checked on her the first time. I don't. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just. Um, and I mean, she was really sick. Yeah, and um, just I don't know when the last time was. I don't know if he wished her Merry Christmas. I don't know. I mean, he did last year. I he wished me a happy birthday last year. Oh, did he? Yeah, through Granny. But well, um, I mean, so I, I just don't, I don't know, but I was like, I'm, I'll just leave it blank. And she said, literally I've left my father off of everything since I was in elementary school. Cause he's just not, yeah, he's not a participant. Yeah. And, um, so, um, he was, he's like, I just don't understand that. I don't understand that. And I just, I was like, I mean, unless you just feel like a father's information needs to be put, be put down, I'll put your information down. He said, yeah, I'd be honored for you to put me down as her father. Yeah. So it was like the first time I filled out information yesterday where there was a mother and father's information. Yeah. Aww. It was 
I mean, it was, there, there are little things all the time that are just, just like first things. Yeah. And she's 16. Yeah. And I'm almost 17, but, but yeah. Um, I mean, it's just not, it's just not there. Yeah. So, yeah. I think like going back to the similarities. Yeah. Well, I guess I don't really have anything else to say. Like I'm sure I do see myself reaching out at some point wanting to talk when right. I'm emotionally ready to do that, but I'm not there yet. And I think through some more like therapy, I'm really thankful that it's only, I've only been to three therapy sessions so far, but like in those three, I've left with so much just like weight lifted off of me that mm-hmm. I, I hate that I waited for so long cause I didn't think therapy would work yeah. and I didn't think it would be, <clears throat> you know, worth going to. And I think with a few more sessions, cause we really got deep down into, um, like the similarities of me and my dad on Monday. And I think that with a, with a few more, maybe by the end of the year, that's something that I'll do is reach out and see if, you know, he wants to meet to talk or something. And if he says no, then he says no. And if he says yes, then I have to, that's a whole other thing I'm going to have to be prepared for. And right. And there's a way to, I mean, after, after the yes or no, there, there is a way to um, initiate the conversation without, him feeling like he's going to have to take blame for anything yeah, or get defensive. Cause like, I think yeah. I'm at the point now where I'd be like, I want to talk about things and I want you to know, I don't want this to be, I'm coming at you for this. I just genuinely yeah. need some answers and need to know, you know, things that I'm, that I need to know, I guess. So, um, so yeah. And if that happens, you'll be the first person to know and I'll probably make a podcast about it and go from there. So, right. but I'm not, not quite there yet. So, Okay. Moving on. That was a lot. That was that was a good answer. That was a good answer. Okay. <laughs> this is from my dear friend Leaf. What is the cost of ballin? I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Like ballin, I can't relate. I'm five five. What is the cost of ballin? What is the cost? What's the cost of anything? My dignity. Your life. Your entire life. Okay. We have two more questions. Okay. This one's like the last one's not super, super crazy. Okay. One great thing you did as a parent that you want to share with other parents. And that can be like a parenting thing that you did or just something that like you realize at a moment, like, yeah, I'm a good parent. Um, I don't know. I mean, all of my kids are good people. Hell yeah. Hell In yeah, general. Brother. And I like to say that I, I can't say that I did that all on my own because I didn't. Yeah. I think that um, as a parent, there is another parent. And whether he is absent or present, I think that um, a lot of times I think that more of the good in all of you come from the absence of the other parent. Oh, yeah. And um, so I don't, I don't really feel like. I don't know, other than just, you know, raising my adult children to Hell be good people yeah. and to know right from wrong and to stand up for what they believe in, you know, whether whether it's right or wrong, whether it's something I believe in or not, whether it's something I agree with or not, Yeah. Um, you, they aren't me, and I knew that before I ever had children, Yeah. and I never wanted that. Yeah. Um, I wanted to instill those traits and values into all of my kids 
in hopes that they would turn out to be amazing people, and they are. Aw, thanks. Well, we got it from our amazing mother. <laughs> in the absence of your father. In the absence of a not-so-great <laughs> father. But thank so, you. Thanks for that. Okay. La- <laughs> anyway, last question is, who is your favorite sister? Who is my favorite sister? Guess who asked that question? My favorite <laughs> sister would be, her name is Shannon Marie Montgomery. And her middle name is Marie? Yeah. Wait, what is Kara's middle name? Is her middle name Marie too? Hannah's middle name is Marie. I knew that, but what is Kara? Kara Nicole. Kara Nicole. Okay, so. Oh, River. Sorry. River was like, I want to be on the podcast too. She's been sleeping this whole entire time. Spotlight off you, River. Sorry. <laughs> you Just always kidding. get the spotlight, River. So don't even think about it. No, her um her presence was made known January 20th, 1970. Woo. And yeah. she is absolutely my favorite sister in the whole entire world. Heather. She has known me longer than anybody. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> And then because Since I feel like womb. my parents don't really even, I mean, your parents know you, but yeah, my parents specifically don't know me. I think Abby and Drew know me better than anyone else. Yeah. And that's only, I, I would say you, but like also me and Abby, like are pretty much the same person. And then yeah. Drew's with me all the time and like learns more things about me. But me and Abby, like you and Shannon have that like sister, like thing going on. Absolutely. That my sister is dream my, thing. yeah, my, my sister is my my rock yeah. through everything, yeah. everything, everything. I love that for She's you. She's my person. Oh, yes. that's so, I love that. I do too. Aww. I okay. love her. We love, love you, Shan. <laughs> love you, Shan Shan. <laughs> Shan Shan out here. Oh, River heard that noise and she thinks it's time Aww. to play. My sweet Babu. Okay, so the reason that I call her my sweet Babu was because of this podcast and I looked it up because they called their dog their sweet Babu. River, go place. Thank you. Good girl. Good girl. Um, it's from Charlie Brown. When she, when, um, what is it? Lucy or whatever goes up to, I want to say it's Charlie, Charlie or Linus. And she's like, oh, my sweet babu for Valentine's Day. And he's like, I'm not your sweet babu. That would be Charlie. Char- okay. Yeah. I need to go back and watch it. But <laughs> so yeah, that, this is the longest podcast uh, to date. And it's my 11th episode. So thank oh, you. I, I think I do. I'm sorry, unless you just need to cut it. No, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, did I ever tell you my childhood story about playing follow the leader in my Meemaw Roberts' backyard? No, but wait one second so I can stop recording and then okay. re-record. I mean, it's fantastic. Because I'm like, I'm having a good time. I don't know if you're having a good time. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I don't remember how old I was. I mean, I, I couldn't have been maybe six, seven years old, somewhere around there. Maybe eight. That would be the oldest. Um. I think so. We were at my Meemaw Roberts's house that my dad lives in now, and all of my cousins were over. And I'm I'm wanting to say this was probably a Sunday. Um, Sunday fun day. Sunday fun day. Um, maybe Saturday, probably Sunday. And um, <clears throat> so we were all outside in the backyard playing and. I love all of my cousins dearly. Oh, no. <laughs> However, yikes. I had a cousin who was a complete shithead. Do I, would I be able to guess this cousin? Probably. What does their first name start, or the letter start with? D. This is his nickname. 
Dickie. Yes. Yeah. Who yeah. now goes by Edward? Eddie? What? Eddie. No. I mean, because, you know, he's he's an adult now. He, yeah, he's a man child. That's unacceptable. So, any, I mean, he's Dickie to me. That's yeah. just what, like, anytime I message him on Facebook, I'm like, Hey, Dickie. Up, hey, Dickie. Dickie, Dickie, Dickie. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of so, Tiki room, it's the Dickie, 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 Dickie room. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Gotta go make a sissy with my Dickie. Please never, please delete my number. Never say that again. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, he was, he was a real pistol. Um, back in his younger days, even more so than the now, I think. Um. So we're all playing and, you know, he's just a brat. He's, he's, he was just very, you know, he didn't want us playing with his hot wheels. He didn't want us doing this, didn't want us doing that. So we're all in the backyard and it is myself, Shannon. I don't know. I, I don't remember DJ being there, but I'm, just, I mean, was he born? He, he had to have been born because he was born when I was four. Oh, okay. So, um, Billy, David, Donna, Carmen, I say Donna, I don't really remember, but I, I remember like the older ones of us. And so we're playing outside and we decided to play follow the leader. And, um, mind you, my grandmother was not very fond of pets. So, oh no. <laughs> so she didn't have animals. So the only reason why feces would be in her yard oh. was from a stray dog. Oh, so we're playing follow the leader. And, um, Dickie had been the leader a couple of times. And, and when I say spiteful, if he knew this story today, after all these years, he might still come after me. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> but um, so I had spotted this steaming pile of dog poo in the backyard and had the perfect idea that it was my turn to be the leader. Oh, no. So, you know, when you played follow the leader, you have the leader and then you have the, the tail and, and when I played follow the leader, it was always, you know, if you're the leader, you go behind the new leader and then the back person comes up and is the new leader. And so it rotates like that. So yeah. I was, I was at the end of the line. So it was going to be my turn to be the leader. So Dickie would be behind me. So play and follow the leader and we're marching all through the yard and I march right over the heaping pile of steaming Dog poo. Love and, that for you. And had him step right in it. Yo, 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 yo. That I love that. But look at you. You really got your um leadership skills early. Yes, that and revenge, I was going to say, but also that. Yes. Oh, I love that story. So yeah, that's probably a story from my childhood that Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, I forgot. We were just never heard because I've been racking my brain through this whole thing of yeah. like a childhood memory of mine. I love that. That's I feel like maybe I get my like not spiteful, malicious leadership skills. Yep, leadership skills. That's what I'm going to call it from you. And I yes. don't really like early, at least like back in the day. I don't think I'm like that person anymore. But that is freaking hilarious. Yeah. So um, that was a memory, and I don't know if any of my cousins or my favorite sister in the world remembers that, but I remember it vividly because I planned it out in my head after he had been leader like seven. He's times. like, I'm the leader. No one else can have this. So just right. Just give me my leadership moment. He was just a scrawny, scrappy little shit. And I love that. So I had him step in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally. Right. Wow. Well, thank you for that story. And well, you're um, so very welcome. And if I can um, think of any more, I will gladly let you know that I have more memories. Yeah. And we can definitely do another uh, podcast. This is the, yeah, like I said, the longest one that we've ever done. River's like, I'm ready to 
to well, get Well, I certainly hope that um, I didn't bore anyone. No. And oh my gosh, no. And I will just put this out there. Um, my Instagram handle, <laughs> handle is the underscore real <laughs> underscore Mrs. Piz, M-R-S-P-I-Z-Z. Thank the you. real Miss Piz. The real Miss Piz. <laughs> that would be me. Absolutely. I'm the real Miss Piss. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> but yeah, follow my mom, ask her questions, ask me questions, and we'll do another episode on probably we can do another episode on like our beauty school experience. I oh think, yeah. I think that'd be fun. Lots of experiences yeah. there. But for today, we'll wrap this up. So thank you so much for coming. Thank you for coming having on the me. show. Thank you for letting me take up your time, whoever's listening. Yes, thank you. This has been podcast twenty seven with me and my mom. Heather. So peace yeah. out. Hope everyone's having a great day. Okay, bye.